Welcome to Every Believer Confident, hosted by Dr. Mark Farnham, where we explore in seven minutes or less how to effectively share and defend your faith. This is apologetics for the average Christian, with ideas and practical principles that can help you this week as you engage unbelievers with the good news of the gospel. Let's go get some confidence. Welcome back to the Every Believer Confident Podcast. This is Dr. Mark Farnham. And today we're talking about the difference between persuasion and argument. Some people are turned off by apologetics because they say, I don't like to argue. And uh, they think of apologetics primarily as a debate or an angry encounter with someone as some apologist practice. But it's important that we distinguish between persuasion and argument because the two are not the same. I love Scott Oliphant's definition of apologetics as premeditated evangelism. Uh, That is the idea where I think ahead and I sort out my arguments and I make sure that I am seeking to persuade uh, people with the gospel in the right way. So the good news is that apologetics is not about arguing with people in a contentious manner, but rather seeking to persuade. The good news of Christ was never spread through quarreling, but through persuasion. And persuasion can be defined as the art of speaking to people who are indifferent or resistant to what we have to say and moving them closer to our position. Thinking of 1 Peter 3, 15-16, where we are called to always be prepared to give an answer or make a defense to those who ask us for the reason, the logic, the rationale for the hope that's within us, uh, think about these distinctions then. First of all, apologetics is not about starting arrogant arguments with unbelievers. We're not trying to prove them wrong or humiliate them or make ourselves feel smarter. Rather, our goal is to present a reasonable defense of the truths of the Christian faith. Kevin DeYoung, the theologian and pastor, says we don't want people to think that we are always right, but we want them to know that the Bible is never wrong. That's good stuff. We show how Christianity is built on rational truth that does not contradict itself as well as on verifiable historical events. In doing this, we aim to continue the conversation until it can be focused on Jesus. We also need to discern between arguing and being argumentative. Argument is a natural part of life and simply denotes the way we seek to logically present ideas. I think about not long ago, I was sitting in a dentist's office and I was reading a book with the title Ordinary People. It was about evangelism. And a guy sitting across uh, the room from me or across the waiting room from me said, oh, is that about the movie Ordinary People? And I said, no, I'm not familiar with that movie. And he began to tell me all about the movie and why I needed to see it. And I thought, it's so interesting that he's essentially presenting an argument. He's evangelizing for this movie. And yet he wasn't being argumentative. And uh, as Christians, we need to get over our fear of engaging unbelievers and stop worrying about whether they'll be offended by what we say. And uh, that can happen if we learn to present arguments in a non-confrontative, non-contentious manner. Argument is simply presenting your ideas, seeking to convince someone. Being argumentative, on the other hand, is an attitude of opposing ideas just for the sake of it or for the love of conflict. This is the equivalent of being contentious or quarrelsome. As G.K. Chesterton said, a quarrel can end a good argument, 
most people today quarrel because they cannot argue. And that's true. It's so much easier to start an argument and to argue purely on the level of emotion or on the basis of feeling as opposed to presenting a rational argument. Because apologetics involves the give and take of conversation, arguing your point is a natural means of persuasion. Think about Paul when he argues and reasons with those to whom he shared the gospel in Acts 19 and Acts 25. He is simply seeking to persuade people of the story of the resurrected Christ. And we do the same thing. We argue the truth of Christianity, although we do it with gentleness and respect, as Peter mentions in 1 Peter 3. Secondly, we're not responsible to convince anyone of the truth of the gospel, simply to present it in a convincing way. Uh, Greg Bonson says this, We can offer sound reasons to the unbeliever, but we cannot make him subjectively believe those reasons. We can refute the poor argumentation of the unbeliever, but still not persuade him. We can close the mouth of the critic, but only God can open the heart. Only God can regenerate a dead heart and give sight to the blind. This is why apologists should not evaluate their success or adjust their message on the basis of whether the unbeliever finally comes to agree with them or not. That's a great quote. It reminds us that we are to speak the truth as clearly and persuasively as we can, and it's up to God, the Holy Spirit, to convince them. And then finally, the same authority that serves as the basis for our theology, that is the scriptures, should serve as the basis for our apologetics. Even if the unbeliever I'm talking to doesn't believe the Bible to be true, I must base my apologetic on the living and powerful word of God if I want to be as persuasive as possible. Think about Hebrews 4.12, how the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures are like a two-edged sword. So we dare not capitulate on that which is the basis for all of our arguments. That doesn't mean that we only quote scripture in response to arguments against the faith, but rather, in addition to quoting scripture, we also present our arguments as the consistent outworking of our belief in the Christian worldview as taught in the Bible. I hope that you've come to see in this episode that uh, we should argue, we should seek to persuade the truth of Christianity to those that we talk to, but to do it in the way that Peter commends us to do, uh, with gentleness and respect. We should seek to persuade people the truth of Christ and their need for salvation, and at the same time to avoid being argumentative, seeking a fight. And by doing this, we will be the most persuasive. We will confidently share the truth of the gospel, and we will see people respond. Well, I hope this has helped you as you think about how to engage unbelievers with the gospel, and I pray that even this week, you would have that opportunity. For more information on how you can host a practical apologetics conference at your church, or to listen to past episodes, please visit apologeticsforthechurch.org.